Hey now guys, it's Rob here coming to you from Rob's School of Music. It is a million degrees. Please excuse the air conditioner pumping away in the background. But on today's interview, we're talking to Zach Myers from Shinedown. See you on the other side. So, today's really cool. It turns out that Zach and I had a ton in common. I'm a big Shinedown fan, have been for a while. Also a big fan of Zach's signature PRS guitars. I love myself a good silver burst, and he had that amazing silver burst with the sparkles, three pickups, everything you could want, a killer guitar. Um, I remember when that came out of NAMM a bunch of years back, and I was blown away by it. Once I got talking with Zach, I found out that we are, we are the same age. We both collect lots of really cool things, like guitars and watches and sneakers. Um, both building up some really nice collections of guitars from our birth year, 83. But then further into the interview, really check out the video component over on Instagram. He shows us around his home studio, a bunch of his guitars, his 59 Les Paul, his Dumble, um, just a bunch of really cool amplifiers, his sneaker collection. It was a really, 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 really cool conversation. Uh, came out of it feeling like a friend. So thank you, Zach. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, we're doing online lessons. Hopefully soon we'll be doing in-person lessons. But everything now online is incredible. Don't think you're missing out on anything, guys. We have the most amazing team of teachers put together, putting all this supplemental materials, handouts, videos, everything you could need. We have a music wizardry online camp coming this summer, July 31st through August 2nd. You can check the, all of that information out at robschoolofmusic.com. But without further ado, here comes my conversation with Zach Myers. How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? I'm okay. I was uh, just cleaning some fish outside. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. <laughs> I'm a. I live. A, I live on a like. We have like a lake and a bunch of land, and we go fishing every day. So it's just kind of our normal deal. That's really cool. That's not a bad life at all. No, man. Fresh fish for dinner tonight, so it'll be good. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for spending the time to hang out with us today. Yeah, thank. Uh, you. I appreciate it. So typically I'll just ask a bunch of questions and if we see something in the comments, you know, feel free to go on a tangent, tell stories, take it wherever you want to go. I, I feel that often. <laughs> no need to, 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 to tell me to do that. I'll do that anyway. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so we're a music school. We do lessons. We do one-on-one -on -one private lessons. We've been doing them here for years. We've been closed, obviously, for a bit now, like the rest of the world. So we switched everything online. Um, I think one of the biggest things our students deal with is when it comes time to play a gig, we, we, we put bands together and we book them shows. We have recitals, um, nerves, anxiety. So you're in a huge rock band playing all around the world. H how do you deal with nerves and stuff like that? It's so strange, man. I don't get my singer always says this thing like if you if you don't get nervous, like, I don't know, he says you don't really feel like you're alive. I actually just, I, I don't get nervous before I go on stage, which is very strange, but I didn't, like, I 
found out what anxiety was in March of 2018. I never had anxiety. I used to like, not, I don't know. I wouldn't say I would go as far as say it. Like I made fun of people with anxiety, but I'd be like, come on, like, get out. Like you're nervous. Like stop. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I would kind of very haphazardly tell people to deal with it. And then like March of 2008, I started getting like these really weird feelings. We were in Nashville at our rehearsal space and it was just Eric and I and our two techs and we were just going over some stuff and it literally, it felt like water boiling from like the bottom of my feet, like up. Wow. Slowly coming up and I was like, I went to my tech and I'm having a heart attack, call 911. And he's like, you're not having a heart attack. I'm like, I'm having, like, you know, I'm trying to convince this person that I'm having a heart attack. He's like, you're fine. So I, I went and ran around. It's a large space. I went and ran around and I drank some water and I took an aspirin. All right, I'm fine. And then it kept happening and it kept happening. Three ER trips later of, of doctors who have been doctors for 35 years going, you know, and, and knew who I was every time I went to the hospital. We're like, listen, you play the guitar, we'll be the doctor. And I was like, I have something with my heart. And they're like, my heart's fine. So it turns out I just had panic disorder, which is very strange because, like I said, with when it comes to, like, nerves, I've never, like, I've been nervous before shows. Like, I don't – it's not – to me, it's like – I look at it as like going into a fight or like going into a football game. Like, I'm just like, I'm so ready to go. Like, that's why, like, I am so different from everybody else in my band in the sense of like, I like to sit, we're all kind of the same in the way, like, we all kind of like, we don't like loud music in the dressing room to like get pumped up. Like, we're, it's more like art of war. You know what I mean? It's very like focused. Like, our show is, we call it full contact. It's, it's we're not just standing there staring at our shoes, you know? So it's, but for us, it's it's very different. But yeah, I don't. I know Brent gets nervous, our singer. I don't really. It's just it's never been a thing for me. I, I if I get up on stage and screw something up, I own it. You know, it's, I'll, I'll 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 hold the guitar higher if I had a bad note. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to deal with the anxiety thing, man. I I uh, the singer that I work with, who also happens to be uh, my girlfriend, uh, anxiety has been a big part of her existence for the past five or six years and prior to that same thing super confident nothing bothered her and then a switch flips and nothing makes sense anymore so i feel your pain there that's rough it's very strange man uh, you know i i would always just go well i don't have anything to be anxious about what well, i i don't these are things i think about i don't think i don't have stuff way on my mind and then i was talking to my doctor who was a friend of mine and he was like he was like hey man he's like what's going well, what's going on in your life i was like nothing, man, you know, I got a new record coming out and I had two new records coming out at the time, one from Am and then one from Shinedown. I was like, you know, we, we just bought a new house and we're renovating that and my second kid's on the way. And he's like, you got nothing going on. Huh? <laughs> I guess I, I do got a lot of stuff. So, you know, for me, it was, again, it's it's about coming back to like being yourself and keeping calm and, you know, and, and, and my kids have kind of helped me with it, honestly. Like it's, I, I just kind of think about what's going on. I, I I haven't had any like episodes in, in a, probably about a year and a half, but when it happens to me, and I, I think anxiety manifests itself differently in everyone. Um, mine certainly, it feels like a medical emergency. Like mine feels like uh, I'm 100% having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not like heavy breathing. It's just like your heart feels like it's gonna stop and then like your arms go numb and your face goes numb. It's very, yeah. it, I think they said I had panic. So who knows? Well, I'm, I'm- Thank you for sharing that. That that's heavy stuff, and I'm glad that it's 
going okay. Interesting with kids, that was going to be my next thing. So you're on the road for long periods of time. How do you deal with being away from your family? Like, how does that? It's um, not fun. You know, I try to bring my kids out. Like, and my wife and my kids. So um, they'll come out a lot, and I'll be on my own bus, and it's it's really nice. Um, the youngest one is now just getting to the age where I think he would be able to. And when he was young, when my oldest son is four, my youngest son turns two next week, and my oldest son has been on the road. He's four months old. Rock star, handles the life great, you know, and we're lucky, you know, and blessed enough to where it's like we're not in like 500 seat clubs, you know what I mean? Like, like sweating it out and we're worrying about where you're going to shower. We're, we're in nice arenas and stuff. So it's like it makes it a little easier to tour with your family because like we can have our own room and they can have a clean shower and do all these things, you know what I mean? So like it's for me like, I enjoy it, but like definitely stressful for my wife. She's, you know, like it, the little one didn't adapt as good the first time we had him on the road as the big one. The big one was great. Could, could live like as long as he wanted, like how he wanted on the road. Hey man, you're staying up till three o'clock in the morning. Like, All right, cool. The little one's like, have me to bed by this time. Or like, I'm going to fight everyone in the room and everyone's going to pay for this. So that, <laughs> it was like, so, He'll be two, so who knows? Whenever we tour again, if you know, if anyone ever tours again, uh, we'll bring him back. Yeah, missing them when they're on is hard, and it, it's um, it's uh, it's not the most fun I've ever had missing them. But right now, being home is is a, is a blessing for sure. I'm enjoying it. That's awesome, man. It's it's great that you get to take them out. Um, in regards to the future of music, like, I know you guys had a, a tour that was coming up this summer, and that recently got you know postponed, like. How are you? So, so my thing outside of the teaching is I toured for like 10 years, I'm a PRS guy like yourself. Uh, we're going to get into that deeply. Um, but in the last handful of years, I transitioned into having the school um, and I do like weddings and things like that. And we're used to doing three to five gigs every week. And I've been doing that for four years solid and now nothing for three months, like on the much larger scale that, you know, you're dealing with that, like mentally, um, emotionally how, how's that affecting you you know i was just talking to my buddy about this um on facetime like an hour ago talking about like there's definitely days i, I wake up and i'm like man we'll play a show. and with kids man this is the longest i've ever been home since i've been married it's long i've ever been home it's we were we were taking this year off anyway like we were only doing 30 shows and that was that was a wrap you know so we were going to work on writing a record and then maybe January, we were going to go in and make a record. Now, who knows? We probably will make a record before that because there's nothing else to do and we don't really know how to not work, you know? So honestly, for me, it was, it was, it was more about our employees and the people, our crew, you know, our family. That's a lot of people, you know, that's when you break it down and you, and you break it off, you know, that's like you got 40 something people who are on the road with you. Okay. Now that branches off to, a lighting company that's not getting paid, a bus company not getting paid, you know. Um, there's so many lives affected by what you do in the touring industry. It's crazy, man, because, you know, now this lighting company, now the bus company, the sound company. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's definitely a hard thing to, like, really, like, get around and, like, and, and, 
and you know, you got these people, you know, my tech's been with me um, for 10 years. So these are people that you're their family, you know what I mean? They're, they're people, right. that you, you know, so. I hear it, man. It, it's, it's a scary, scary, it's scary okay. stuff. Oh, no, <laughs> um, let's talk about happy stuff. Let's talk about positive stuff for a second. Um, when did you start playing guitar? <laughs> I started playing guitar when I was 13. I got a guitar for my 12th birthday. I didn't, um, I didn't play it, right? Like, I got it, and, like, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't even know that, like, you were supposed to put your, like, your hand, your left hand on the guitar. I, so I was just, like, strumming away with my right hand. <laughs> and um, I remember on my, I think right after my 13th birthday, I picked it up, and it kind of came really natural to me. It was something that I enjoyed doing, you know, and it was, um, it was like, I was, when I picked it up and I started taking lessons, it, like it was to me, it was the, it was the only thing that ever came like easy, right? Like, I I played sports, I played basketball, I played soccer, uh, played baseball, but for me, guitar was like, you know, what I'm saying like the only thing that like I really connected with on on the 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 purpose of like I can do this. It's it it makes sense to me mentally, and you know that's kind of like what. I'm going to go towards like I, I kind of once I started playing guitar, I kind of quit the sports thing you know what I mean like it was like all right well this is you know and and then I got signed when I was 14 so it was oh wow yeah it was it was a quick it was a quick jump I, I learned how to play lead guitar for you know what I mean so it was it was one of those things like where I picked it up so fast that once the roller coaster kind of started it was you know we're going now and so uh, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. That was 22 years ago. Wow, signed at 14. So what What? What was that band? That was Zach Myers' band. So that was just me. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was like me uh, and a, a, a bass player named Michael Morales who played with Colonel Bruce Hampton and a bunch of other artists and this another guy named Garrett Marshall who was just a little bit older than me. But they were both older than me. And yeah, that was a three-piece, just like a blues rock band. That's kind of what, what I started doing, so. That's incredible, man. See, when I when I do these things, I intentionally like I don't research anything. I just want to I want to learn stuff right on the fly. So that's that's really cool. Well, people who I do interviews all the time, like the Wikipedia interviews, to drive me nuts. Now it's just like like uh, everything I'm watching. It's like I'll just be doing a radio interview, and it's like okay, so I see here blah 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 blah. blah. Like yeah, like they're just reading. They're literally reading answers to questions, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I want it to be organic. I want to get to know you. Um, wow, fourteen. So, what was what was that like? Like, I mean, how did that lead to Shine Down? What was you know the journey? I got signed at fourteen. I was a blues player, and then I, I kind of started writing like rock songs, like like different like uh, stuff that wouldn't be considered like a blues thing, right? So, I gave them to the label, and they're like, well, you know, what if? what if we gave these songs to other rock artists? Like we could really like shop these songs. Wait a second. These are, yeah, I wrote them. I want to, well, that's not what you do. Like you're a blue, you know, it was like, this is Kenny Wayne Shepherd time. This is Johnny Lang time. So you're this little kid that plays blues guitar. That's what you do. So to get out of my deal, I had to basically like break up the band, I guess. 
for lack of better terms. So I had to break up the band and um, when then I basically, I was so tired of like the industry side of it that I wanted to, um, I basically, I wanted to tour, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with like the, the in and out of like a band label. So I started being a guitar tech and I learned how to do that. I learned how to work amps. And so for me, like, um, that's something that I did. And so I started doing that and I worked for Saliva and Aerosmith and Three Doors Down and Dirk Bentley and, and all these other people. And then I was playing bass with Saliva and I was uh, teching for Three Doors Down at the same time. And um, what happened was they were basically, um, they were, they, Shinedown, the bass player was having a baby and they asked me to fill it. Okay, cool, I'll do that. It's only like four weeks or whatever. So I did it, and basically at the end of it, Brent was kind of just like, "Hey man, like you can't like leave. Like you got to stay here." <laughs> All right, cool. So I ended up staying, and that was that was in 2014, 2015. So, so yeah, it was it was definitely something for me that, you know, I felt like I needed to be there. And then I left the band in 2006 for like three months. Uh, and then came back, yeah. So it's been a weird journey for sure. That's cool, though. I mean, to to, to have a gig and then kind of transition out of it to the behind the scenes and then find your way back, you know, to a much larger platform. That that's that's a cool ride. Yeah, man. It's you know, for for my career, you know, it's definitely been something that I enjoy doing. You know, like and it's you know, it's it's been a long ride. You know, now 16 years almost with shine down so it's been it's interesting for sure to see the dynamic of how we've changed how the records have changed and all this stuff so it's, it's been a lot of fun though well i'm a fan outside of all this so that part's real cool man um, yeah it's been it's been it's been fun uh, it's nice to have a little break we always uh we all four so it's not have a little break cool man yeah that's the one thing i was hoping like whenever you know the virus goes away and the civil unrest and all the shitty stuff happening out there. If we all come out of this recharged and a better human race, that's okay. Like I'm cool with that. You know? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. So I, I grew up in a neighborhood that most wouldn't drive through with their doors locked. You know what I mean? So like I grew up and all my friends, you know, all my friends were, you know, I grew up in the hood, man. That's, that's what, what I grew up in. So I didn't really know any different. So all the stuff that's going on now, for me, it's like it's nice to see that my city is being so great, and we've had five days of peaceful protest, no arrests. Beautiful. You know, it's it's been really cool, man, to see people stand up for what's right. Um, yeah, and, really. And, and you know, you see people kind of like uh, running their mouth and and saying certain things. It's really funny because of the people who have kind of come out, but it's like this isn't you know this kind of not a political issue. This isn't a left and right thing. This is a right, right. and this is a right and wrong. This is something. This is uh, this is something that is about a, a, you know, just something about that's wrong completely. You know what I mean? So for me, it's 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 not even a it's not even a question that you know, and you know, you have people who are on both sides who are kind of going back and forth. And um, there's no back and forth on this one. Right. There's nothing to discuss. 
it's there's nothing to discuss. You know, I'm 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 a good I'm a good um I'm a good debater. I'm a good I'm okay with your separate opinion. You know, what we can't have a separate opinion on is racism. Like there's no opinion. You know what I mean? To me, it's uh it's it's something that you know you stand up for where I come from. And that's just, you know, that's how I you know, all my, my family, we grew up that way. It was all of, you know, we, it wasn't like, oh, this is my black friend. Like this, no, man, like it's my friend. This, yeah. is my, this is, he's the same as me, you know what I mean? It's like, there's a great Dennis Leary quote that says that, you know, that talks about how racism is taught. And he says, you know, my kid, my kid's four years old, he hates one thing's naps, end of lip. <laughs> That's my kid too, you know what I mean? Like my kid doesn't know that his black friends are different. He doesn't, he doesn't, there's no difference to him. He doesn't care. Like it, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't affect him. He's never asked me why this person looks different. He doesn't, because the person's not different. So, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's right and wrong and there's left and right, but this isn't, this isn't about those things. There's one road here. You know what I mean? If you're not, on, if you're not on it, then you're driving through traffic the wrong way. So, now that hopefully the Alan Harrell shut his mouth and we can get back to talking about what we're talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I had to say it's thank you, man. Thank oh, you. Dude, it's, a, it's a troll. It's a troll Instagram. Yeah. I hope his mom's Wi-Fi doesn't go out because then he won't have it. Won't be able to get. Sorry, <laughs> right, I got I got a couple of my students and friends jumping in there, uh, <laughs> running interference. Um. All right, I, I got to get into the PRS stuff because I've yeah. been uh, I hooked up with them in 2009. Uh, Wynn and Bev, they've just been incredible to me, and and you know you're signature stuff is awesome like oh, thank you what was the process of, of course man yeah dude the uh the silver the silver burr sparkle kind of thing the, yeah so i've i always loved triple humbucker things it was something i always really liked and then the the, the silver sparkle thing that was all, i was like what do you want i'll flake i always love silver first you know adam adam jones you know all these people who played silver burst guitars uh peter clap from candlebox one nice for me you know it was i wanted that but i wanted it to be a little bit different and i wanted it to like i, I love that back boat flake man that i thought that was i thought that sorry someone was calling me i thought that kind of heavy flake thing was really cool so we went that way um it ended up not even staying on the line very long because it was like the blue one kind of just outsold it which i made sense I really, on that first signature model, man, I really learned a lot of lessons, which is there's a really big fine line between playing things that you like and then, in turn, playing things that you have to – or making guitar you have to sell to other people, right? Because for me, I was just like, well, I'm going to make a guitar for me. Well, people don't necessarily like what you like. You know, they don't make – that third pickup really bothered a lot of people. And – um so it, for me, it was just like, all right, on the second one, I'm going to nail this. And I mean, uh, saying we hit a home run on the second signature to me would be an understatement. I mean, it's one of the best-selling PRS guitars of the last 10 years. So awesome. I feel very, very good about it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, there's there may or may not be a new one that's within 15 feet of me that I'm not allowed to show anybody. But <laughs> That was my next question, but I respect. Where? <laughs> I didn't hear the last thing you said. I'm sorry. What? I said it's here somewhere. 
Yeah. Dude, it, it's like um, when I first started doing the, these interviews, I had a, this guy, Jake Bowen, who plays in Periphery, and Yvette Young, and they both have signature Ibanez guitars. So when I was out at NAMM, I was playing them, and it was cool to discuss it. Um, but never a PRS one. So that's, that's, that's right in my heart, man. That is beautiful. Um, when designing, you know, the elements of it, like are you going down to, okay, I want this pickup this way and this tone pod and, and or is it, you know, how detailed does that get? Um, it got pretty detailed, especially, you know, it was about, like I said, you know, really getting down to what people wanted and what I wanted trying to find that healthy line. So, I mean, the down to the color, the back of the neck being sanded, the back of the, the back of the car being natural, the tunas being vintage, but the bridge being uh, what is my favorite bridge of the time, which is the PRS adjustable bridge, you know, uh, the clear knobs. I, I have a weird theory that hardly anyone agrees with me, but I don't know if they don't agree with me, but it's for me, like, I don't know. To me, if you put a colored knob on a pretty guitar, that's not a vintage color, a sun, an amber burst, a violin burst, any tobacco burst, any any other knob on a colored guitar, like purple or blue, anything that's very colorful, I think on any other knob, you're like, it's too many crayons. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I always like knob. That's what my thing is. You know what I'm saying? So um, I like putting the clear knobs on it. And so they, you know, people really always, that's kind of the main thing. They, to me, clear knobs don't take away, like, they add too. You can still see the top through it. It makes a lot of yeah. sense. So yeah, for me, like it was, I was, I'm, you can ask Paul and Bev and I'm very nitpicky about, you know, it's got your name on it be out there. Yeah. It's like, you want to, you want it to be right. And they got everything right that I wanted on the first one. It, it certainly um, didn't do as well as the second one. It did, it did great by all expectations. And, and outsold a lot of other signature models, and um, which I was very proud of because I was, you know, you get a guitar and and you're nervous because I just hope someone, anybody likes it. Because you know? like my one of my big two biggest achievements were other than having my kid getting a guitar and having my own Air Jordan. So, like those are like the two like things. And when I got my guitar, it was like, all right, please just don't mess this up. Like I'm like I have a guitar with my name on it. Still, to me, 10 years in, I, my first signature model came out in 09, so 11 years in. It um, it blows my mind. I have a guitar with my name by my favorite guitar company. You know, it's, it's, it's super cool. But, yeah, when it comes down to ask Bev, I'm picky is a bit of an understatement. I get it, man, though. It, it, I mean, you have to be. And, and, like, I'm trying to think, like, the clear knobs. I'm looking around. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes tons of sense. It's just, it to me, your eyes go some. You know what I mean? Like you're like I'm looking at the knobs now, um, and so it's it's it bothers me. Like I'm like, oh, why is that there? It's almost right. like you know, it's just like a, something an eye. It's like a pimple. You know what I mean? It's like just something's like, oh my god, you can't look away from it. Just right there. That's kind of brilliant, actually. I've never thought of. I would. I would have never thought of that. And like, because their tops are so pretty, and you don't want something to step on that. Like, for sure. That's that's yeah. kind of the reason too. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want your. You don't want. You don't want to like mess up the top. 
right? So like to me, like I said, it, to me it's like simple, man. It's just like it's like there, and you like you keep looking at it. But listen, and a lot of people don't feel the same way as I. I'm very aware of that. I just I came up with the clear knobs things a long time ago, and I was just I'm sticking with this. This is what I'm gonna do. So I like it. I like it very much. I like it. I'm gonna when we're done, I'm calling one of my friends because we always talk. We go nerd out, man. We'll go to swapping pickups all the time, string gauges, string band brands, always trying to try it. And some little aesthetic tweak like that, that makes a big difference. Um, all right, so I gotta ask you, there's there's a person, a student, a friend here. He always asks this question. What are your thoughts on Rush? Um, to, you know, it's it's a tragedy, what happened. It's weird, man, it's one of those bands that I've seen I a couple times, and I don't really like. I don't know how many Rush records I own. Not a lot. It's it's not a band I listen to. The it's a band that I go see, and I'm like, right, like what is happening? You know what I mean? Like, it is, you know, musically as far as talent goes, the greatest three piece band to ever walk the earth. As far as like three talented individuals playing music, right. um. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're amazing, you know what I mean? So for me, it's just, I, but I was never like into owned a bunch of Rush records or anything. You know, it's one of those things like if, if my buddies, our old pyro guy was their pyro guy years and years and years. Wow. They were ever in town, I was coming. And I would just go see the show, you know? So it was, um, it's definitely for me, like like I said, like I I just enjoy watching them live, the camaraderie of the, and don't get me wrong, like, I'm not like a, a math rock jam band dude. Like, I like songs, songs, songs. Don't Good bore job. us, get to bore us. I don't, <laughs> don't want to see you noodly, noodly, noodly. That's kind of why I like periphery, right? And the same thing with, 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 uh, um, between the buried me, because those bands are, they're both, right? You can, you can enjoy the musicianship, they have songs, right? Like, Dudes can sing, they, they have melody, the songs songs have like a subject matter to them. Like I've never just like, dude, like some of them, listen, it does very well. It's just not for me. I enjoy the musicianship of it. I Don't get me wrong. I think those guys, they can outplay me a hundred circles to one, but it's just not something like, that's not what I do. So Rush for me was like, this band is good and they have songs and the guy thing and like so it was like it was a combination of all three things right good songs great music is i think it i think something like that will never happen again i that yeah. you know i don't like saying that with music because it's such an ever-evolving door you know what i mean right. but yeah i i can't like i don't i don't see that ever happening again that good of yeah. song that good of musicians and three dudes you know like that's insane that's my rush thought. I, I I did. We're on the same page. Like I, I am. I'm a hook guy. I want songs. Um, I, I '90s kind of stuff is like my home base. I'm 30. Oh my, I'm 37. So like, Pearls Jam, STP. Yeah. So they were probably coming from the same exact place. So yeah, I get it. Um, but I I do agree. Like something like that. That balance of crazy musicianship, but something that there's a hook to it and that that's that i don't know if we'll see that again i don't know yeah it's, um, it's, yeah i agree I, I think we'll, 
Let's get on. What do you, uh, what you thought, how are you? Okay, so I always mess up my phrasing on this question. We struggle with the guitar students because they don't care about theory. And I'm always trying to push on people that I think you should have at least a foundational level of theory because it opens up a lot of doors. Okay, so. I know nothing about that. Okay. I don't know why I don't know why notes relate to other notes. I know how they sound when I play them. I know scales. I know certain things about scales. I I know nothing about music. I my wife can literally you could give her a rush song and she can play it on guitar or really literally put all the put all the music out and she can like so she knows everything about it she knows you know why a seventh is a seventh and why this why what is the seventh to every note like i like uh, to me like mark shamani's like that like uh, he's a great friend of mine but like it you know like i'll be like okay what's what's the i, I play a g7 all the time i don't know what note the seven is i can tell you if i think about it but you know what i mean like i can't like i just I, it's just not my thing, man. Like I, you know, I learned how to play piano by myself. Like no one taught me anything. Like I literally hooked a keyboard up to a guitar tuner, hit a note, saw what the note was, and put pink tape on every key. And now I don't know music theory, but I know what chords are made of. I know every in an E chord, so I can. Now I'm learning how to play piano problem was i wasn't using my right thumb unless i was playing a d major a b major or an e major so my wife makes funably terribly because i stretch these fingers on this hand i never my wife will never, she's like you know if you use your thumb you would have to move your hand to get to this chord because i play piano all day like we have a piano in our downstairs in the living or in the dining room and that's really all i do i play piano way more than i play guitar and i'm i'm and I'm trying to play, and it's just like she's like, if you, if you, I was like, I'll try to like sing something, and then you know she'll go, and I'll mess up the chord because I'm singing. She's like, listen, if you didn't, you don't have to move your hand to go from an F to a C, if you're playing the right way. And I'm like, so I'm trying. That's my new thing. Is like, it's like reteaching yourself guitar. It's like you're, I have to add this stupid thumb in to what I'm doing, and it, it, it even like changes the way I sit on the. But yeah, music theory has not never been my strong suit, so I can't uh, I can't tell people whether. Listen, I wasn't great at school either, so it's like. But I still tell people to stay in school, so it's like. Sure, learn music theory. Nah, dude. I she honestly, it, it's that was probably the best answer to that question we've gotten in maybe ten or so of these interviews, because. I always try and balance it. Like if someone doesn't want to go deep into it, you don't need it. I existed as a musician, you know, even through music college, not really understanding any of the theory, just kind of getting by. And then later on, I was like, oh, let's connect some of these dots. But a big thing we try and convey is feel. So if you can feel your way through something and listen to what's working and start reapplying those concepts, it doesn't matter if you know the, the four notes that make up a seventh chord. But if it sounds good and you, you might be able to identify, I think it's a seventh chord. That's what you need, you know? I think what I'm getting at better at now has nothing to do with theory, but more ear. Training. Right. 
hearing, I listen to a lot of John Prine, right? So like I can, and John Prine, every John Prine song is really three chords, but with a capo. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at hearing a song and knowing like, okay, that's a D chord. That's a yeah. D thing. No matter that's a home run. Where on the guitar it is. You know, dude, I've been playing guitar 22 years. I'm just now learning. I was listening to a song by name Tyler Childers uh, yesterday. I was like, oh, he's, that's a D chord. But it, there's obviously a capo, but I can I know for a fact he's playing a D shape mm-hmm. or a shape, you know. So like, I'm just now learning that stuff and how to transpose. That. Like, no, my bass player Eric Bass is a like a, an award-winning producer, like but like not like a dude who has like, oh I have a studio. This dude like owned a commercial studio when he joined our band. Like he's a real producer, producer. So he is the guy that can hear something. I mean full solo and like play it back that day. but he'll mess it up four weeks from now he knows how to play it he, he, he plays listen our bass player is a better guitar player than i am like he's wow. amazing but he'll like mess it up to me and like a song a song take a song like ours like if you only knew the song is four chords He'll hit a note on that that you're just like, where did that come from? And a lot of so we never take that stuff seriously. We always laugh about it. Or our joke is we'll look up in the arena at like a light and be like, oh, that one, that's the light that's broken. Like we'll just kind of look up and like make a joke, like we'll all kind of point up. So, but it takes me repetition. I got to listen to something 15, 20 times to get it right. Now, once I got it, I'm like 98% on stage. Like I'm not like I ain't missing notes, but it takes me so long to get it. If it's if it's hard, if it's easy, mm-hmm. I can get it. But like Eric is like first listen, his ears are magic. Like okay, yeah, I got it. But then he'll be he'll know it and be playing it perfect for four months, and then one night just be like, I mean, fall apart. And for me, like it's I gotta sit there with him. Like I'll, I've even frustrated him by being like, show it to me again. Show it to me again. And like, because we both write guitar parts. I know. We both play guitar on the records. We both play bass on the records. So, oh, wow. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool it's a cool dynamic with us. Because like, he'll get frustrated on the bass and be like, here, you play it. And then like, I'll get frustrated on guitar and be like, listen, we, you know, there's no egos in the band. I'm like, hey, play the solo. Write this solo. The solo for, the solo for um, a song called uh, Black Soul on the new record, which is the, probably the hardest solo to play, is Eric Bass. That's, wow. him playing, that's him playing on the record, yeah. Because it was just me going like, this is so frustrating here. And it's, I gotta be honest, man, like most people's like, I feel like their ego would be a little bruised by that. But like, dude, I I love being in a band somebody I can like be frustrated and be like, you play this part. And they can right. do it. I mean, it's like, it's very challenging to each other. And I, I really enjoy that, man. That's how, you know, that's how you learn to kind of be in the moment of what you do and learn from other people. So I completely agree, man. We have a lot of the, you know, a lot of the guitar students here, the kids getting, you know, more intermediate and advanced. They're like teenage boys. And it's like, oh, I'm the best guitar player. I'm like, that's not the best thing, man. Like you, I always want to be the least talented guy in the room because then there's people that I can learn from. And I'm trying to learn, man. I'm never... I told my wife the other day, I was like, I feel like I haven't, I feel like, you know, 
if I was supposed to, from getting signed at 14, 36, run a mile, I said, I feel like I've run a quarter mile. You know, like, I feel like I haven't learned as much as, um, you know, what you should learn about it. And that's on me. You know what I mean, but I try every day. To me, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the fastest guitar player in the world. I don't care about sweet picking. I care about, I care about pattern picking. Like when we just did a tour with Alter Bridge in the, in the UK and Europe and me and Mark would sit there every day and I would like learn this like stuff where like he'd play a scale and be like, okay, down, down, up. And when you start the next one, you have to start on an up when you go to the next string. That shit drove me mad <laughs> for five weeks, like trying to get it right. But to me, like, there's guys out there that can just shred and shred and shred. And, and, and I, I can play guitar very well. I'm a lead guitar player. That's what I do. But I'm so far more based in the blues than I am anything else that, like, yeah. shred me is, like, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy do. I enjoy watching people play it. I enjoy when they fit it in tastefully. It's never going to be something I do. You know, it's just not me. But I, I enjoy, to me, my favorite players, the guys who look like, they can think about their what they're going to wear tomorrow while they're playing guitar. You know, right. my buddy Brian Painter uh, from Avenged Sevenfold, uh, Sam Gates, he's one of those guys. He, that guy will be playing one of the hardest things, and he makes it look like he's folding socks. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's just literally – his head is over here, and he's so good at it. So I really enjoy those players like that. Somebody like Eric Johnson that's just, like, so laser-focused too, like – on the is on the other side of the spectrum. He always looks like he knows what he's doing. So yeah, man, it's, it's crazy to see all these guys what they do. But I, I, that's what you said. I, I always want to be the least talented guy in the room. I want to know what everybody else is doing and how I can get better. Totally, man. Like I, I was literally telling a student about two hours ago this afternoon. You know, I would much rather play five notes and make every one of them break your heart than play fifty notes and just have them be notes. Like there, there should be. Emotion. So I was on tour with um, it was me, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and we were playing with BB King. Wow. Was it? I don't remember if it was Johnny or somebody else. It could have been someone else. Could have been this kid West. Too. I'm not really sure. Um, but we were doing um. I think we were doing either nobody loves me but my girl is gone, and we we're playing, and uh. Look, everyone goes, right? BB will give you a round. You play a solo. And I was like, I felt like I nailed it. I had it, right? I was just blistering. I was like, yeah, this is great. Kenny goes, makes me kind of like nervous. I'm like, oh, no. I, I feel way less cool about what I did now. Then BB goes and looks back, and the band stops. And he holds one note for 16 bars. Oh, man. Put my guitar down and walked off. And what was <laughs> that is is like it ain't about the amount of notes it's about the amount you put into the note yeah and like now we froze that's a beautiful thing to freeze on though <laughs> i see in the comments blue on black it's a pause yeah it's I'm back. Okay. We're doing good. This is better than most times. Most like 
I had Mark Letiri on a couple weeks ago, and his service was just not cooperating. So you're good. I have really good internet. I use this uh, ubiquitous called Amplify. Works. So they have mesh points all around the house. But it's been like I've been having like some weird dead spots. Yeah, it's weird. It's working now. Um, yes, that was a with the you know make that one note count. That is a beautiful thing. Yeah, so that's um, that's really the best way to think about it. All right, let's let's pivot. Let's say you're on a desert island and you can bring one amp, one pedal, and one guitar. What's it going to be? Uh, the guitar is the guitar is right here. I think everyone knows what that is. I have to tell people what it is. It is real. Um, <laughs> there it is. Um, that or I have a that or I have a sixty. Um, I have a, a 1964 335, which I love. Um, the amp is a. Uh... That was a 59 for Les Paul. That was yes. Oh my God, you're you're a king. Um, the amp depends, right? The amp depends on the pedal, or the pedal depends on the. Amp. So if I bring, okay. I have a Dumble. Um, still, <laughs> so if I bring the Dumble, I'm gonna bring. Something heavy overdrive, so I get like a heavy overdrive. Um, but if I bring a diesel, which is my my second amp, oddly enough, oh, I'm gonna go with the Dumble. And I'm gonna go with uh, the analog thing of tone pedal. That'll be mine. People love clones, man. I have a couple clones, and I really love them, but I don't think they're I don't think they're the the twenty five hundred dollar pedal that everyone thinks they are. And I know from no, for a fact, Bill Finnegan doesn't think of a $2,500 pedal. Um, I know also that the KTR-1 and the original Klon are the exact same pedal. Oh, the circuit's the same, totally. So what are people paying all the money? I get you. He told me it was the same. Yep, I've he read said, that. I said, what are the differences in these two pedals? And he said, other than the buffer switch. I said, other than the buffer switch, he goes, it's the same. Crazy. So, it's crazy, man. But people, it's all about, you know, that gold. People want that, that Minotaur or whatever, whatever it is. What is it? What is that? Centaur? Centaur, yeah, yeah. What's, what's, the Centaur, that's the name of the, what's, what, what, is that what, is that what a, a half horse person is called? That's a, a Centaur. And then the Minotaur is the other one that doesn't have the back end to it. The Minotaur is the back end, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, I know the Centaur is the pedal. I have, I have a couple of real, real, Centaurs, uh, it's the same. There's no difference. I'm taking the king of pedal all day because I can do a light overdrive and then drive along. That is a fantastic pedal, but I'm still I'm still trying to digest a, a 59 into a Dumble like it's no big deal. <laughs> hey, what wow. the? I I I love Les Pauls. That Les Paul Les Paul into that steel string singer doesn't do. Every, like I would rather play a scrap that um, any shit than that yeah. Les Paul. Wow. I got to tell you, that's the first one of those we've had on here. So <laughs> listen, in my defense, I've been collecting gear for a very, very, very long time. I've come across some, some great deals and traded for some things. And I've, I've been very, lucky. 
on the gear. Ah, uh, brother, me. you deserve it. it. It's definitely it's cool. It's a time. <laughs> There's a uh, lot of in this room right now. <laughs> I'm seeing all the guitars over there, and then I just can't even imagine yeah. what else. Go out here. I'll do a quick tour. So I start over here. There's kind of the guitar. This is also this is also a Dumble. Uh, it's a 70 Pro Reverb that he redid. Uh, this is a two rock crystal, but it's not really like like a really crystal. Like it's it's something way different than that. Um, all your acoustic guitars start over here, and then uh, here I'll turn this. Uh, you got a bunch of strats and the like, and a lot of tellies. I'm a big telly nerd. A lot of your Gibsons. Um, what else? Here's the other amp rack. And then, um, yeah, some more PRS stuff. Some more PRS stuff. That's that's the room. There's a lot of stuff in here. That's sick, man. I mean, I, I try and explain to you know, younger guitarists, but, you know, because they'll walk in here and uh, I, I operate a studio out of where the school is located, so it's multi-purpose. So I have yeah, yeah. Here, here, and um, you know, I have a lot of guitars here, and they'll be like, "Why do you need so many?" I'm like. You'll see. <laughs> you kind of need it for everything, man. You know, like to me, like I've got two guitars that I bring to sessions a lot. I'll bring that 59. Sometimes just people want to see it, but dude, that 64, that this thing right here, this guitar will do everything I have ever needed in life. Like this thing is, this is my main, this is like my main session guitar that I use. Uh, it's a 64. I think it's a 64. Um, I mean, can sound like a Strat, can sound like a Tele, can sound like a Paul, can sound like a Lion. You know what I mean? And then I have a, uh, I have a, a PRS uh, 513 prototype that will do every like plays better than any Strat I have. It's truly amazing. I'm back. That's sick, man. Yeah, I. I tried to, um, I wanted to have specific guitars from 1983 when I came from. Yeah. So when I turned 21, my. my the worst guitar year of all time. Bob. Oh, yeah. When I turned 21, my, I got me a. Year ever. So I have a Strat, and it's just like this goofy Strat that's like a. It, it, it's hardtail, but it's from the top, and it's just outrageous. But I had it. I just got a, a Les Paul standard and it's real beat up but it but 83 that, now that's 83 less balls are legit yeah that was also it's, it's also the first year um uh the first year that they they ever redid the 59 so if you can find an 83 59 reissue they're like 12 grand they're like really they're and they're hard to find um do you have a telly elite no, no, that's on my reverb watch list. There's, yeah, there's a few, telly elite. Yeah. The telly elite to me, to me, the telly elite is the 1983. That's the 1983 guitar because I was born in '83 as well. So that's like the '83 like guitar. I do the same thing. I want. I love things from '83. Even cars, like I look at, I look at cars from '83. Like it's just a year thing. I've always been proud of the year I was born. And so yeah, exactly. Very interesting to see. Like I, I play NBA 2K a lot, and my jersey number is '83, and I. All my friends and families give me so much grief for having such a high jersey number in basketball. <laughs> so you have your own Jordans. Let's let's go there. Yeah. I'm a sneaker guy. I'm, I'm a watch guy. So 
So tell me about that. What was that like? Oh, we, we would get along great. I, I'm also a sneaker and a watch guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have my own here. Okay. See, I don't want to. This feels like this feels like show offy, and I don't. That's not who I am. So. Ah, dude, it's not flexing, dude. It, it's I. I think Either. it's a, if I would do the same thing. So we'll go in. We'll go in here. This is uh all right. We're now we're in the we're in the sneaker room. It goes all the way. It's it's a very large room. Uh, You're my best friend. <laughs> here we go. I'm gonna open this. So this is the this is the shine down. Uh, attention, attention. Uh, shoe. This is the the PRS guitar and this are the two, like, my two biggest accomplishments, I guess, as as like a person who grew up loving Michael Jordan and basketball culture, culture and sneaker culture. So, right. yeah. So that's that's the that's the Shine Down Air Jordan. Uh, there's only 23 pair. I know everyone always asks for pair, but there's only 23. So yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a huge huge in the sneakers, uh, huge in the watches. Um, that's that's kind of my thing. So this is. It kind of starts over here with like ones. Start at threes and you got some fours over here. Um, these are all like special edition stuff. So like friends and family, Travis Scott, friends and family, Travis Scott. Um, friends and family, Justin Timberlake. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in here. So That's some, awesome. weird, some weird, so a lot of game worn stuff too. These are a lot of the more collector stuff. Um, Oregon three, Oregon five, Oregon six, Oregon six. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, I have a lot of game worn stuff too, from like players and stuff. So that's incredible, man. Very cool. Yeah, man. It's, it's, my wife just says, I just collect everything. <laughs> Not just the cool stuff. Yeah. Just the cool stuff. Watches and watches and sneakers and all that. So it, It's hard because like. You know, guitars, watches, sneakers, they're expensive. Uh, a buddy of mine collects cars. He's a Porsche guy. And uh, he just got himself into, I can't remember what it is, but it's uh, it's like a $300,000 car. He's like in the pharma pharmaceutical industry. I'm like, I can't play at that level, man, but I'll come, I'll sit in your passenger seat. <laughs> and like all the stuff I ever got, other than guitars, like all the, you know, watches are expensive, but... You know, with sneakers, I'm lucky enough where I've, I've been with, on the Jordan team since 2016. So that's great. You, you know, I, I got who's like my brother. Um, he takes care of me. That's been nice. But, you know, listen, I find bass boats and second houses and, and a bunch of cars, man. I got, I got two cars. I got – I got – a lot of houses, but that's because I like real estate. But like, I don't only live. Like, I, don't, I don't live in a lot of. <laughs> Living two, and I own a couple. But um, yeah, it's you know, it's uh, it's not like I have like I have a house here, I have a house here, I have a house here, I have a house here. Like I like guitar, I like shoes. Like I could be, I could be frivolously spending my money on things I'm gonna appreciate value, you know. But watches, yeah. watches seem to go up, shoes go up, guitars go up. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Not, I'm bunch of cars I don't, I don't have like a fleet of sports cars in my drive now nah, man i i think watches in particular i've been watching you know the market and you can get your hands on like you can get like a like a hulk you know right now for a lot less than you could 
about a year ago and it's going to go up. It's just, you know, the world is a little crazy. Yeah, man. It's, it has the time to buy stuff like that. Because people are trying to kind of get rid of it, which is like, I have a deal with a couple of caliber. They'll send me a watch to wear for a while. They're more like an authentic middleman, almost like if you want to sell your watch, you'll send it to them. They'll uh, authenticate it and then, you know, make sure it's all real and sell it. And so, uh, yeah, man, they've been great. I've gotten a couple of watches. I got that IWC Top Gun Pilot. Nice. I got a pant. I got a pant old school pant 54 with like the old school Roman numeral, big face watch. Yeah. So, what about guns? I collect a lot of guns. Sorry. I'm from the South. I have a lot. It's a lot. Huh. Are a you lot a of gamer? Um, yeah. I really, I have Call of Duty just our photographer kind of made me download it, so I play. I've got like a little portable game system that's like this big, has the TV and all that in it. Nice. Yeah. But I the Xbox and the TV opens up. Um, yeah, I, I like. I mostly just play NBA. I'm a sports nerd, so I mostly play NBA. Okay, that's really it. Very cool, man. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm gonna, they'll cut us down right in an hour, so I'll wrap it up now, so you don't get interrupted. Uh, I didn't hear the last part you said. I'm sorry. I said they're about to chop. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for hanging, man. This has been incredible and your generosity and, um, you know, just to be so open and show us all your toys and, and tell us about your experience. That That's super inspiring. So yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I appreciate you. Uh, that was very cool. Do, and um, yeah, man, it's uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I kind of got away from cleaning fish. There you go. Well, enjoy your dinner. Thank um, and then, uh, you know, one day down the road when the world is normal, maybe we'll hang out and talk guitars and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much. Stay safe. And, uh, and we'll see you out there. All right. And, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks.